I knew Jack Rush personally. Brian is one of my closest friends. We started this church together, so I know his dad and his life and how God used his life. And it makes me think about a pickup basketball game. How many of you have ever played a pickup basketball game? Sometime in your life, you played a pickup basketball game. You know, when I, I play a pickup basketball game, I like to be the captain. I want to be one of the two captains because I won't pick my team. Anybody know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I feel like if I can pick my team, we're going to win. And so I like to pick my team. And, and all of us have kind of that one thing we're looking for. You know what I mean? There's one thing you got to have on your team. Some of you, you know, you see somebody 6'10", you're like, that's on my team. I don't care if he can't shoot. That's okay. I want somebody 6'10 in the paint. Some of you, the one thing that you look for is you want somebody that can score. It don't matter if they can dribble. They don't, it doesn't matter if they can jump. If they can just shoot, you're like, I want that guy on my team. I saw him when we were warming up, goofing around. He can shoot. Some of you like a ball handler, man. Somebody that can dribble, handle the ball. You, that, that's who you want on your team. Some of you, you want somebody that can play defense. And you're looking for the one thing on your team is you'll figure out offense later. Give me somebody that can play some defense defense and that's what you look for when you're when you're playing a pickup basketball game and I think the worst spot to be in on a pickup basketball game is when you're not the captain and somebody else is choosing the teams have you ever been there before when it's awkward they're picking the teams and there's five people left and you're one of them you're like what's up <laughs> I mean you know, you know what I'm saying? Because they're looking, they have, they have their thing that they're looking for. They got that thing they're looking for. And you're obviously not that thing. And, and I, I actually had this happen to me. True story. Uh, there's a, a men's a, a community group that plays basketball on Saturdays here at the church or at, at one of the gyms locally. And they meet there. And I used to go there back in the day. And they ran me off because I used to dunk on them so bad. Okay, that, I'm just playing. I did used to do that. Uh, but I used to go there and play some on Saturdays. And, and they were choosing teams one Saturday. And a lot of the guys had already been chosen. I'm still there. And I'm thinking, man, I'm your pastor. <laughs> you know, what's, did, you, did you see me last week? When I, <laughs> they were picking. And, and, you know, I was towards the end. It's like somebody gave me a courtesy pick. It was like, okay, pastor, come, come on, pastor. I'm like, what? I finna show y'all now. It's on. You didn't pick me. When God is picking his team, what does he look for? Well, what's the one thing that God wants on his team? What's the one attribute? What's the one intangible? What's the one quality that God wants on his team? I want us to look at that today in 1 Samuel chapter number 16 and verse number one, I want us to look at the life of David to discover the one thing. The Bible says the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen. Everybody shout chosen. I want you to catch that. This is not an accident. This is something God did on purpose. He, he chose someone. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Why did God choose one of Jesse's sons? 
What was the one thing that God saw in this one son to make him the next king of Israel? Let's continue to read five verses or, or yeah, five verses later. First Samuel chapter 16, verse six says this. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, this is the oldest son of Jesse. He saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Very interesting. You see, the only way the Lord can reject somebody is first of all he has to consider them so so god considered him he says i, I checked him out i looked him over I, I i looked him up and down and you know what i i i've decided i have rejected him he's not the one the lord does not look at the things man looks at man looks at the outward appearance but the lord looks at the heart you see Samuel walks in and he sees the oldest son. He sees the way that he looks, his height, his clothes, and he thinks, this guy is the one. Isn't it amazing how many of us, even as followers of Christ, we judge people a lot on their outward appearance? Come on, if we're honest, we do. You know what I mean? We do, we do a lot of judging on people's outward appearance. A lady walks in and you look at her and you go, look at her. Look at how she's dressed. She has, she's just stuck up. She's snooty. Look at her. She thinks she's all that and a bag of chips. Look at her. Just look at her. You see her the next day. Look at, look at what she's got on. She's just stuck on herself. She thinks she's all that. And you look at her for several days and you continue to think that. And one day you finally strike up a conversation with her. And you find out, man, she's nice. She's a good person. She has a good heart. And you make all those judgments on the outward appearance or, or you see a, a man, he's applying for one of the top positions at the company that you work at. And here he is applying. You think, that guy's sharp. Look at what he's wearing. A double-breasted suit. A vest underneath. The polka dot tie. He's, this, look at them shiny shoes. This guy, this guy's sharp. He's going to take the company to the next level. Look at him. He looks incredible. And then three months later, you realize he is dumb as a box of chocolates. Why did we hire him? He wears all the right clothes, but he's goofy. We do a lot of judging on the outward appearance. But God says, hey, Samuel, hey, Samuel, hey, Samuel, I don't operate the way you all do. You all look and you size each other up and you judge each other based on what you're wearing, how you look and your hairstyle and then the, and then the style of clothes. You judge each other. But he says, listen, I don't look at the outward appearance. God says, I look at the heart. He goes on to say in verse number eight, then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shema, another brother, pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Notice this. Not one time as, as, as Samuel's looking through the sons, does Jesse say, hey, we ought to go get David. Not one. You would think that, you know, maybe halfway through, you know, the, the brothers, that one of the brothers would have thought, hey, David's not here. Let's go get David. Can I tell you, David's own daddy didn't think he had what it took to be the next king. His brothers didn't 
think he had what it took to be the next king. They go through every brother and not one time does, does the father, does the brothers think about, Je- about David. Matter of fact, the, the prophet had asked the question, are these all the sons you have? Is this it? And then the father says, well, they're still the youngest. Jesse answered, you have to understand that culture. When he says that you have to understand, you see, in that culture, in that time, birth order was very important. And he says, listen, I got the youngest, but, but you see, in that culture, the, 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 the oldest son was going to be the next king. The oldest child was going to get the blessing from the father. Birth order was very important. So he's pointing out the fact, yeah, there's still that young boy, my youngest child, but you got these other seven and they're older than him. This guy, he's not going to be the next king. Jesse answered, he said, but he is tending the sheep. He says, listen, he just takes care of the sheep. That's all we have him do. He takes care of the sheep. These, these other seven I got before you, they're dressed right. They got important jobs. He just takes care of the sheep. That's it. He's not the king. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and had some features. Then the Lord said, rise, anoint him. He is the one. It's amazing how somebody can be overlooked and nobody thinks this person is qualified. And God says, no, 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 I'm going to use him. How many of you know that God has a track record of taking nobodies and turning them into somebodies if they have the one thing that God will do that? Come on, just look at your neighbor and say, you're the one. Come on, tell him that. Come on, tell him. You're the one. you God. If you got the one quality, God, people can overlook you. They can lie at you. They can think you don't have what it takes. You come from the wrong family. You're too old. You're too young. But God will take somebody that's a nobody and turn them into a somebody if they have the one thing. What's the one thing? What set David apart from his brothers? The one thing that's required for God to pick you on his team and to use you greatly is this, a heart after God, a heart after God, not money, not status, not power, not good looks. The Lord doesn't look at the outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. Friends, God isn't impressed with how handsome you are or how pretty you are. God isn't impressed by your skin color or your charming personality. God isn't impressed by your bank account. God isn't impressed by your accomplishments or your college degrees. God isn't impressed by who you know and all of your connections. God doesn't look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. I want you to see what the scripture says. First Samuel chapter 13 This is before God sent Samuel to go get David. First Samuel 13 verse 14 says this, but now your kingdom will not endure. This is talking about King Saul. Your kingdom's not going to endure. The Lord has sought. God's seeking. I want you to hear that God is seeking. He's looking. He's searching for that person that he can use. He's searching for the next Jack Rush to make an impact in society. The Lord has sought. He's looking for the one thing out of a man after his own heart, his own heart, and appointed him leader of his people. The one thing that's needed to be used by God is a heart after God. 
I want us to spend the next few moments examining David's heart. I want us to see what a heart after God looks like. The first characteristic about David's heart regarding his his heart was this. David had a heart of dependence. A heart of dependence. David was totally dependent upon God. He trusted in God with all his heart. I want you to notice this in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I want to give you an example out of David's life of how on how he depended on God. The Bible says in Verse 37, 1 Samuel 17, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. If you're not familiar with this story, this is when David was getting ready to fight this giant named Goliath. And the king did not think David was able to defeat the giant. And David began to tell a story to the king. He said, Mr. King, listen, I've, I've been keeping my daddy's sheep. You see, but before I was anointed to be the king, before anybody knew about me and I, the, the whole anointing and God chose me, I was keeping my daddy's sheep. And one day a lion came and one day a bear came. And I could have just said, get the sheep. I'm going back, tell daddy, all your sheep are dead, dad. A lion came, a bear came, sorry, didn't know what to do. But he said, that's not what I did. He said, I killed the lion and I killed the bear. He said, the Lord, I depended on the Lord. And you, nobody in their right mind is going to fight a lion and a bear, but, but the Lord is with me. I know the Lord. I walk with the Lord. I depend on the Lord. And the Lord gave me victory over the lion and the bear. And that giant will be just like the lion and the bear. I've told you this before, but I believe for just for clarification that you need to hear it again. That if we are ever alone in the woods together and a lion comes or a bear comes and you're thinking I'm with pastor, a great man of faith and power. I just want you to know that you better be able to outrun me. Because I'm not David. I love the Lord. And I depend on him, but I'm not trying to mess with no lion or no bears. But I want you to see that David depended on God. Matter of fact, these are the words of David in Psalms chapter 62 and verse number 6. He says, he alone, God alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. David says, I'm dependent on God. He says, my salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times oh people pour out your hearts to him for God is our refuge David says I'm dependent on God you see friends a heart after God is someone who is dependent on God are you dependent on God for everything are you trusting God can you say like David he alone God alone is my rock. God alone is my salvation. I'm depending on God. A heart after God is a heart that's dependent on God. I want you to see a second characteristic of David's heart. And that is this. David had a heart of obedience. A heart of obedience. God uses people who have a heart of obedience. 
You see, the reason that King Saul, who was the king that preceded David, was rejected by God was because of his disobedience. I, I want you to, 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 to notice this, that, that the reason God rejected Saul and ended up picking David was because of his disobedient heart. First Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14 says, but now your kingdom will not endure, talking to Saul. He says, the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Saul had a heart of disobedience. And God says, you know what, Saul? I'm going to find somebody else with a different heart. I'm going to find somebody else who has a heart of obedience. And God chose David. Listen to what scripture says in Acts 13 and verse 22. After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him. I have found a David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. David had a heart of obedience and God says, I can use somebody with that kind of heart. David said these words in Psalms chapter 40 and verse number eight. I desire to do your will, oh my God. Your law is within my heart. David says, God, I want to follow you. I want to do your will. Do you have a heart after God? Do you have a heart of obedience? When God speaks to your heart, do you do everything that he's asked of you? When God speaks to you through scripture, as you hear the word of God preached, as you study God's word every day, when God speaks to you through scripture, do you do all the Lord has asked you to do? Pastor, how do I be used of God? Have a heart after God. Have a heart that's dependent on God. Have a heart that's obedient to God. There's a third characteristic that I want you to see regarding David's heart. And number three is this. David had a heart of repentance. Although David had an obedient heart, he made a huge mistake when he had an affair with a lady named Bathsheba. Then he had her husband killed. I want you to notice that a heart to obey God doesn't mean that a person doesn't make a mistake. Because David made a huge mistake. David blew it big time. But David had a heart of repentance. I want you to see what transpires after David has blown it big time. He had her husband killed. He was confronted by the prophet I want you to see David's response in Psalms chapter 51. I encourage you to read the entire Psalms 51 today and let the Lord speak to you through that Psalms, through that Psalm. It says this in two verses there. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I want you to hear the cry of David. God, I want my heart to be pure. I've messed up, but I want my heart to be right. God changed my heart. He says in the second verse, do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Can I tell you, David understood the importance of God's spirit. He understood the importance of God's presence. God, I don't want to go another day without your presence. 
I don't want to know, go another day without your spirit being on my life. He says, God, don't take your spirit from me. God, don't, don't, don't take your presence from me. I need it. And he's got a broken heart before God. Let, let's look at the third verse. It says this, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. David says, God, give me a willing spirit. God, I don't want to continue living the same lifestyle, making the same mistake. Grant me a willing spirit that will sustain me, that I'll walk in holiness, that I will honor you, that I'll live a pure life before you. Question, do you have a heart of repentance? We all make mistakes. We all blow it. But do you have a heart that says, God, I I turn from what I've done and I turn to you. I repent, change my heart, created me a pure heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Or, or do you, are you the kind of person that, that when you mess up, you, you feel bad about it, but you're going to do the same thing again tomorrow? When you mess up the next day and you know you're going to do the same thing, oh God, I feel bad about it, but I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Or are you one of those people that, 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 that when you mess up, you, 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 you feel a little bad about it, but, but you just take God's grace and mercy as a license to keep doing what you're doing? Oh, he's a forgiving God. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. God, forgive me. Oh, I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Oh, God, just forgive me. Oh, God, thank you that you're just going to forgive me. Oh, I'm going to do the same thing again tomorrow. I'm going to do the same thing again next week. Oh, God, just forgive me. And you're going to live the same lifestyle. Or do you have a heart of repentance? This is God, I've blown it. Created me a pure heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. I don't want to continue to live that way. God, change my heart. God uses people who have a heart of repentance. I want you to see a fourth thing, a fourth characteristic, and that is this. David had a heart of a servant. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 78 and verse 70, he chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep pens, from tending the sheep he brought him to the shepherd to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. God took him from the sheep pen as a shepherd and made him the shepherd over Israel. It says in Psalms 89 and verse 20, I have found David, my servant, with my sacred oil, I have anointed him. David had a heart of a servant. God uses people who have a heart of a servant. I want to give you an, uh, an example of David's servant heart that he had, this servant's heart that he possessed. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 13 says, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. This is when back to the scene when, when, when David was out working with the sheep, Samuel looked at all other of the seven brothers and they were not the ones. He said, call David in and God said, he is the one. And the Bible says he anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. After David was anointed with oil to be the next king of Israel, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. He had power to be the next king. As you study David's life, do you know the next thing David went to do? He went back to be the shepherd over the sheep again for his father. David went right back. To the field and he began to take care of the sheep you know what happened after that David got called up to the king's palace not to be the king but to serve the king 
And David was anointed to be king. Think about it. Anointed people knew he was the king. He was going to be the next king. The spirit of God was upon him to be the king. And now he's waiting on the king in the palace, playing the harp. Mr. King, can I get you something else to drink? Can you imagine? Anointed to be the king. The spirit of God's on him to be the king. And he's out mowing the grass. Got the weed eater fired up, sweating out there. Anointed to be the king. Did you realize that 15 years went by? From the time David was anointed to be the king before he before he actually became the next king of Israel. And David had a servant's heart. No matter where God had him, he was faithful to do the little. He was faithful to the to do the menial little task. And he did it with a good attitude. He did it with a servant's heart. And that's the kind of person God uses. Are you the kind of person that nothing is beneath you? Are you the kind of person that says, God, wherever you have me. I'll be faithful to do the task that you've given me. In, in the ministry, I meet people a lot of times that say, Pastor, I want to preach. God's called me to preach. Can I come to your church and preach? No, but you can come mow the grass. That's where you start. Because if you're beneath mowing the grass, if you're beneath serving in the nursery, if you're beneath sweeping the floor, you're not ready for ministry. Because God uses people who have a servant's heart i want you to see a fifth characteristic of david just look at your neighbor right now and say he's not preaching to me today come on this is for you come on let's go ahead and tell him that i didn't need to come i could have stayed in the bed today but you needed to hear that whole servant thing you needed that i know it number five is this david had a heart of integrity a heart of of integrity. Psalms chapter 78 and verse 72 says this, and David shepherded them with integrity of heart, talking about Israel, with integrity of heart, with skillful hands, he led them. Did you notice that David's integrity was mentioned before his skills? Can I tell you, friends, that God does use our talents. God does use our abilities. But our integrity of heart is way more important than our abilities, than our skills, than our talents. Integrity is what you are when no one else is around. Integrity is being in a city on a trip over the weekend all by yourself and still going to the right movies and seeing the right things and going to the right places. Integrity is being at your job and working hard and working with excellence when nobody is around and over your shoulder. Integrity is using the right language at the workplace, on the golf course, at the kids' ball games when you don't know who's around. All of a sudden you're there and you're using the wrong language and you find out sitting next to somebody and say, hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, I pastor a church. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I go to church too. Praise the Lord. Integrity, integrity, integrity. Integrity is looking out for the interest of others, even if it might not be for your own personal best interest, but it's for the best interest of the group. That's integrity, your motives. Let me ask you a question. When God looks at your heart, and he does. Does he see a heart of dependence? Does he see a heart of obedience? Does he see a heart of repentance? Does he see a heart of a servant? 
does he see a heart of integrity? Because God looks for one thing when he is choosing his team of people he wants to use. God looks for a man or a woman after his own heart. God doesn't look at the things man looks at. God doesn't look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart.